Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash using your power. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to Using Your Power. I'm David Andrew Eve, and I'm joined by... Maveen Cora. How's it going, Mav? I'm good today, man. How are you? I'm powered up. Yeah, what's uh, what's powering you up today? Well, we're just going to take a look at something that I'm passionate about and have even started a business in at one point, which is web design. Okay, cool. So wh- what uh, brought up this, I guess, topic? I think that's maybe one of the reasons why, just because I have all that experience, but web design is something that's shifted and changed a lot over the years, especially since when I started. I mean, we went from HTML to HTML plus CSS. Now we have all these content management systems that mostly handle that side for us. So we don't have to code in PHP and HTML CSS anymore, except to maybe add a few functionalities that we would like to add and, and mostly just focus on content creation. But now it's interesting. Content and SEO are essentially part of the website, web design process and package now. So that also so it's kind of new. Right. A lot of what you just said went over my head. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, you're right. And a lot of the things that the different website providers are doing nowadays is really allowing you to do a simple click, drag and drop and really make your websites really easy to do, right? And uh, even giving you really nice templates to work with. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a great reason why a lot of people are getting online and don't have to worry about taking C++, like you said, and really understanding the coding behind it. Because I remember a buddy of mine uh, back in university would show me what he was working on and uh, he'd be like, like, yo, can you see what the problem here is? I'm like, I don't even understand what you're talking about because all I see yeah. is commas and, and words and, and I don't understand it, right? And he's like, exactly. He's like, I got to, you know, try to figure out where this comma is missing. And he's like, and then I know I can fix it and whatnot. And yeah. I was like, okay, cool. And now, you know, it's nice to know that you really don't need to do any of these things because the programs are so simple now that it's actually all set up on the back end. Exactly. I mean, in some cases, they even let you just set up a single call to action. They'll post it all over your website. You don't even have to lift a finger to do anything else. So away you go. And that's the great thing about online business business today because you can get started so fast and so simply. I mean, one of the major things or tenets of, of website design that I've learned over time is just that simple navigation. You don't want to crowd your navigation bar with too many links, labels that people do not understand and cannot relate to. You know, you want to make it easy for people to find your products page. If you're a business, I think, I believe in putting it number one in your menu bar just because people be, look there right away and say, hey, what does this guy got? I'm going to take a look and that might translate into an immediate sale. I mean, why make it any harder on yourself to do that but yeah reducing the number of links you have because you honestly you don't need a thousand pages and they don't need to be nested in so many menus which is also to a point of usability like how usable is your site and if you are linking to things that you know you don't necessarily want to forward your your web visitors over to why are you doing that limit the options right limit the number of things they can click on limit the number of pages or places they can go to find out more about you or your website or your project or whatever it is that you're doing so from a usability standpoint i mean there's so many other things so many other factors i could get into such as like font size or color or readability and all that kind of stuff but that's kind of my my main point that or main thing that i've learned over time is to keep that navigation simple 
Very well said. You know, I got something I'll just kind of add on to that as well. That's kind of my point is, you know, when you're making navigation very simple, you know, really maybe character, uh, put everything in the category and really make it easy. So, you know, at the top, it's not really convoluted. You know, you have your all your different sections. Really find ways to make it nice and easy for people to navigate your website. I love that idea. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we did, right? I know you have a products, you have about me, you have maybe your blog, your podcast, and then the, the, um, the contact me, right? So you make it really easy. You only give them five choices and maybe under those choices, you may have more, but it really yeah. then kind of gets some funneling into your website and really understanding how it's set up. Uh, and and it makes it really easy for them to use. It's, it's very user-friendly. And they're likely to stay on your website a little bit longer as well because they're not being um, having a hard time trying to figure out how to get around it, right? And the easier you make things for people, the, the longer they'll stay on your website. Yeah, that's exactly right. And in some cases, you know, you can put you know, a link in your header that says blog, which goes over to your blog, which is great. But sometimes just calling it blog by now is so boring and people are so used to it and not really interested in that anymore. You know, uh, Fizzle, for example, has something called the Sparkline. That is their blog, but they have a specific name for it. So sometimes doing that, just the little things can make a difference. But in your navigation, though, you want to keep it clear because if I'm clicking on Sparkline in the navigation, I have no idea what that means or what that is. But if I click on blog and they say the sparkling blog or whatever, now I know what I'm looking at and that can, you know, engage people better. Another point is just accessibility. This is something that I didn't even think about, I think, until I started listening to the Boag World podcast. I don't listen to it anymore. I think it's one of the longest running web design podcasts. It might even be one of the longest running podcasts out there there is. It's huge, but Boag World, you know, there's, there's so much. I didn't think I could learn much about web design from a podcast because it's so much coding and that kind of stuff. But I learned a lot just because they serve clients and, you know, they work with a variety of people and that was their business for a while. So accessibility is just thinking about people, you know, can they read? Like, do they have eyesight? You know, is, is their eyesight diminished? Can they hear properly or can they see, see things properly? So those kinds of things kind of factor into accessibility, which is why font size kind of plays into things too small. And, you know, a lot of people can't read because they just don't have that eyesight anymore. And maybe for people that, that are blind or bordering on blind, having that audio is super helpful you know, or people, you know, so, or people who can't, uh, sometimes for people who can't hear, even video can be great. Cause if you can show and demonstrate what it is that, that you're doing, or in some cases they can even read lips. So there's all that kinds of stuff to think about. And I think today responsiveness is important too. You got to be mobile responsive. Your website's got to work well on tablets and smartphones. Absolutely. And, you know, I know you have a lot more experience in this, David, so I know you're going to have a lot more to say uh, in this topic for sure. I'm still learning. I've been, uh, you know, really going and and, uh, working on the websites really only since uh, September 2016, right? So fairly still new. And, you know, but some of the stuff that I've tried on there is uh, I've changed the color of the logo, right? So I did some research and initially we started off with like a yellow and a kind of an orangish. And I I kind of did some research after and I said, you know, uh, blue is probably a little bit better because blue is, uh, um, you know, there's no issues with that color for females there's no color issues with that for males uh, where yellow and orange were really not seen as uh, great colors for by either male or female right mm-hmm. so kind of changing those different colors really has made I think a big difference because it's one it's a softer color it's a blue is a lot easier to read than a bright yellow or a bright orange color kind of so you know just even uh, trying to change that so you can attract um, you know this the way people uh, again it goes into marketing right because it's the way people buy right it's the way people mm-hmm. purchase the way people perceive things and colors like you know black 
black, uh, white, green, blue, red. They're all great colors. And that's why when you look at uh, different apps that you'll download on your phone, they're all one of three colors, typically usually blue. Um, and, and even if you go to like um, banks, for example, blue, mm. you know. Yeah. Uh, or anything out in out, out in the malls, for example, just take a look at those colors that they're using on their logos, and you'll see it's typically one of those five colors. Yeah, those are some really great learnings and good things for people to know about. You know, the next thing that I already mentioned that kind of at the outset, it's so interesting that SEO and web you know content is now part of web design. So really making sure your site is optimized for search, also making sure that your blog looks nice and is easily readable. I mean, that's why people love seem to love Medium so much because it's already set up for that reading experience and reading environment, setting up your blog in that way. There's a lot of blogs that sort of take their cues from that and have set it up so that, you know, there's no distractions in the side bars there's nothing else it's just one column and it's all content and there's a lot of people doing that type of stuff these days too so content now factors into design heck of a lot more because we're publishing so much more than ever for sure you know and one of the things that kind of going with the design of the website itself uh one of the things i did was also not only changing the colors of the of the words uh, discover your life today one of the things i also looked was you know are the pictures making sense with what i'm saying now uh you know does so i want to really make it easy very user-friendly not being overpowering i didn't really understand how pictures were to be used before and you know listening to different podcasts looking at your own uh looking at your uh, website there david helped mm-hmm. me as well and looking at the different uh websites all the different podcasters I listen to as well really helped me understand maybe on how to use pictures a little bit better as well, right? So I've changed out a lot of my pictures. I've also redone all my um, uh, headers as well, right? So now all my different blogs have different names than they used to have. They're a little bit more SEO friendly, like you were mentioning uh, in your previous point here, David. You know, just having something that's easy to find on uh, Google, right? Because before I didn't really know a lot about SEO, so I just call the, the blog, hey, you know, check out my blog, or, you know, I would just say that. But instead of saying, hey, you know, check out my blog on, um, I don't know, gambling, for example, right? It's a little bit easier because now I actually have the topic in it instead of just saying, hey, check me out, right? So obviously that's not a great SEO (laughs) title, but you kind of get the idea, right? Actually using proper keywords versus when I wasn't. Yeah, those are some really great lessons as well. I like it. Another thing to think about is functionality. I mean, I've designed things for people before and they made comments like, you know, it's not just about looking pretty. I wasn't really hurt or insulted. I was just like a little bit taken aback. Like, okay, so what does that mean exactly? And, but I think, I think they're right. And I think it is true that just because your website looks amazing or looks awesome doesn't mean it's going to perform great. It is about performance. I mean, especially for business people, they're not looking for it to just look pretty. If they're have like a Black Friday sale or something, their goal is to funnel people through that Black Friday sale as effectively as possible. And I think it's the same thing we have to look at as marketers and online entrepreneurs as well. It's not just about looking great. It's also about beginning to put people through those funnels and to begin to get performance out of those things. Absolutely. Right. And that's the whole point of any sort of website, especially if you're an e-commerce website. Right. And I think you kind of helped me lead into my point as well. You know, uh, when you are designing your own website, for example, I know you taught me kind of a little bit of how to use WordPress as well, David, and I've done mm-hmm. a lot of work on learning kind of how to use it myself in the meantime as well. But I mean, I can't, you know, I couldn't learn everything by myself. And you kind of said, you know, you could do this, you can do that. And, and this is what it'll look like when you make that change. And this is what happens when you go into this little section. You know, one of the things I think we should all focus on too, is if you're looking at proper web design, especially with e-commerce side of things, is make sure you have the right plugins 
Oh, yeah. Uh, that'll also help you uh, design your website, right? I know that's, you know, you can do font plugins like you were talking about earlier. You can do a bunch of different plugins that will, uh, theme plugins, right? We were talking about earlier, like not a lot of the things are now just drag and drop. And if you're developing your own website, you can pick the right theme, you know, magazine theme, for example, if that's what your website's about and really just do that, right? I know uh, we're using the Genesis framework uh, and because it's a great clean f- uh, framework and it really works and it works with a lot of different plugins that are being developed by uh, a lot of people out there that say, hey, you know, check out my uh, plugin and we'll use it. And, you know, I've checked out different uh, plugins and one of them being the Sumo Me plugin because, mm-hmm. you know, it allows me to put that on and it's an easy way to potentially collect, uh, you know, emails, right? So when, when you go on to Discover Your Life today, there's a little uh, screen that pops in and says, hey, you want to sign up for the uh, website? If you say no, you can say no thanks and it'll go back up and then you'll be right back to the blog. Yeah, plugins are huge because they can definitely factor into your SEO and load time and sometimes they don't talk well to each other. So there's so many variables with plugins. It's just making sure that you have a good set of plugins installed on your site and that they work well together and you keep them updated and all of that kind of stuff. But I like that point. You know, here are some places where I tend to look to for inspiration, but I will say, you know, it's changed a lot over the years. And part of it is certainly, like I said earlier, performance. I'm not just looking to put stuff out there. I mean, I want to help people to the maximum extent possible, but part of that is marketing, right? Getting it out to people and making sure that, you know, they stay on the website when they actually arrive there. So, you know, these days, super fast business, major, major source of inspiration, James Schramko, everything he does with own the race course you can see some of the older versions of own the race course on sites like freedom ocean or think at get and you can see how it's evolved with super fast business because he's constantly testing and trying new things yeah absolutely and i even found a copy of that uh, own the race course on youtube and i actually just watched it on there and i was able right. to get tons of great information so much good stuff i like chrisducker.com and what he's got set up there Chris Ducker's website. He's the author of Virtual Freedom. Neil Patel, obviously, he has another site called Quick Sprout, which people may or may not know about. And that's also a great example of, of simple, straightforward design. I think Backlinko has got something fairly similar, you know, Brian Dean's website, because I think he even worked with Neil Patel at, at different points. Not to say that, you know, you copy these websites note for note. I don't think that's the goal or even the idea. I mean, Neil's website is set up to get email subscribers. you got to set up your website for what you're trying to do. So don't set it up just like his just because. CoSchedule has always had these really beautiful blog posts with great header graphics and everything else. That's why I like to look at it. It's got a lot of you know flat vector or flat art type stuff. And then I also look at you know music sites and and niche sites that are relevant to me. I think that's an important thing, tip for everybody listening too. Stuff like the Buzz the Buzz Factor or Hypebot and other sites like that. And those aren't really the cutting edge, beautiful web design type sites. But again, it goes back to what I said er- about earlier. It's not just about looking pretty, right? And those sites are obviously performing them for them. So I got to identify what's working about them and incorporate those elements into my site. I love it, man, because you really talked about all the different people who are influencing uh, other people out there right now, right? And James and Neil being definitely two of the big ones that I know on your list for sure, right? I mm-hmm. mean, um, <clears throat> one way you can look at it is people who are making a big difference in their market. The other thing is, too, is looking at your own competition, right? And looking at your competition, exactly. seeing what they're doing, how they're changing. It's always good to keep your finger on the pulse because if your competition is starting to do something completely different than you, and, and if you're maybe, you got to first understand why it is, right? It may not be uh, useful 
helpful for you to make those changes. But if, if they're making a change because of, uh, again, we we're talking about how Google is going to make mobile uh, more um, friendly for people, right? They want that to be the number one thing because the Google realizes more and more people are on their mobile phones uh, and we're going to continue to uh, use more data on our mobile phones, right? So if, if your competition is going mobile and you're not, you may want to definitely cop, uh, follow suit, uh, you know, but if they're doing something different and it doesn't really work with what you're trying to do, then definitely don't follow, right? Like you said earlier, David, you really do got to be uh, your own person. You have your own voice on, on uh, your web design as well. No doubt. Any final thoughts? Final thoughts. Wow. Uh, you know, I think uh, you got to really make your website personal to you. I don't think you can copy to be like anybody else. And I think you already mentioned that. I do think you can go to all these different websites. I know that's one thing I did was I, I went to all the people that I enjoyed listening to on the different podcasts I listened to really looked for different elements of their website or the way they've set it up or designed that website and said, you know, what do I like? What don't I like? How could I use it? You know, how could I make it better and make it a, maybe a better experience on Discover Your Life today? I think you've probably done the same thing on uh, Music Entrepreneur HQ as well. Yeah, I think that's important. And it's something even Darren Rouse, I think, said in his pro blogger podcast there was to go and look at competition websites and do ex that exact process. Look at what you like, what you don't like, what could work, what wouldn't work. And maybe just about positioning yourself, right? Like that's something that I learned about from Tim Francis was he just suggested looking at, you know, what are some colors that are generally associated with your industry? And he had like a athletics, he showed me an example in a, of an athletic site that took a color scheme basically from a Nike shoe. And so it's a kind of immediately familiar without being like copyright infringement or like, you know, outright theft and stealing. So finding those kinds of cues is helpful too. Even looking at magazines in your industry might help you look at, okay, what sort of fonts they're using, what sort of colors they're using, how they're positioning elements within the page, all that kind of stuff. Right on. Love it. All right. So find us at usingyourpower.com. Leave a comment. Send us a message. Download your free audio course while you're there. And wherever you are, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, likewise, do the same. Leave a comment or a rating and help us spread the word about this podcast. Awesome. Have yourself a wonderful day. Yeah.